Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have with dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Movie review. Today's movie um, kind of sparked off of last week's topic of... Um, what we just discussing different uh, cheerleading things. And so we felt like it's only appropriate that we do the original cheerleading movie, Bring It On. Yeah. And we also thought this would be fun is we kind of want to do more dissecting dance movies. I think we've only done center stage, but um, this is fun because while it's mostly a cheerleading movie, there is definitely like lots of interesting talks um, about dance in the movie, how they bring in different like choreographers to their, to their school, to mm-hmm. choreograph their cool. routines, and just, um, just like fun. Okay, I have to talk about this because it's hilarious. So like I brought up uh, the Wikipedia page on the movie in case we missed anything. And as I'm looking at, um, as I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, like, skim over the word cheerleading, and I'm like, wait, that picture looks familiar. The, when you go to cheerleading on Wikipedia, there's a picture of a cheerleader from my college. Amazing. I find that hilarious. Um, and I knew nothing about cheerleading with my actual college, because our girls were, they didn't cheer on campus. So like we had a lot of school and colleges come in and use our facilities because they were empty because our basketball team and soccer, like all the things that the girls would cheer for were division one school, were division one stuff. And my campus was not big enough for division one. So they, they would actually go to downtown Jacksonville. So like I interacted with tons of cheerleaders, just not the ones that actually cheered for my school. Got it. Um, but let's, let's get into the heart of things. Bring it on. So this movie came out in 2000, yeah, it was, yeah, fall of 2000, right, and right. it is, overall review, it's centered on two cheerleading teams, uh, one from the richer part of town, and the other from the not-so-rich part of town, mm-hmm. um, and it stars Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku, Jessica Bradford, and Gabrielle Union, um, and the two cheerleading teams are all competing to go to state to do, you know, the cheerleading competition route. Um, we open the movie with the fantastical dream sequence that everyone um, constantly remembers because it's like Kirsten Dunst ends up like flashing her boobs. Old girl, Big Red makes her, you know, her title entrance. Like it's just, it sets the tone for this kind of whimsical over the top cheerleading world. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just like, it's a, a love of mine. Like, I love it. So we cut, the movie opens up with this kind of dream sequence. And we find out that Torrance plays by Kristen Nuts. It's her senior year and she is now the captain. And the previous captain, Big Red, has handpicked everything. The routine, the squad, you name it. And they're also like, they're used to going to nationals and winning. It's like a whole thing. Yes. So as they're like rehearsing and practicing Carver, one of the girls on the team, she ends up injuring herself. And so they have to have auditions for her replacement because like they just don't like, they're concerned that Carver won't be back in time. So they need replacements. Because again, we were talking competition cheerleaders. So these girls are stunting and doing lifts. 
Mm-hmm. So they hold, of course, the traditional like crazy audition sequence. And this is where we meet Eliza Dushka's character, who is a gymnast. And I love, let's talk about this. So she's like, uh, she's new, um, Eliza Dushka's character is new to the school. And she's like, I'm a gymnast. Like I, I do, I do flips, I do stunts. Like I'm a gymnast. I don't have time or energy for this rah-rah cheery stuff. And the cheerleaders challenge them back, challenge her back and her being like, yeah, but like, girl, we, we, so do we. Like, yes, cheering is a thing we also do, but like, we're also athletes. And I, I yeah. think I love that tone for the movie. Mm-hmm. Of just being athletes of like, I, it, it's why, again, even when I, I want to distinguish dancers from cheerleaders and gymnasts and the swords, because they are very different, but all of these people are athletes. Like, you cannot do the things that any of these people do without having the athletic skill to back it up. Absolutely. At all. Um, also, uh, Kirsten Dunst's character falls in love with a lot of Jusko's brother. So that's also a subplot that we're dealing with. Um, so Elijah Jusko, oh, best, I have to talk about it. So during her audition, they're like, uh, you can't really do all these stunts. They give her like the string of like crazy accurate gymnastic things where it's like, what was it? It's front handsprings, back handsprings, blah, blah, like something, something. Yeah, it's something crazy where one of them basically like looks at Kirsten Dunst and then looks at Elijah Dushku and she just like spews all of these like gymnastic terms thinking that Eliza Dushku won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And then she does it. Oh, she beats it or her stunt double beats it. Or I'm not sure. We'll talk about this once you kind of like get through it, but like read some articles with the choreographer from the show and they put the they they started very early on with a cheerleading camp because her big thing was that she did not want to body double anybody if she didn't have to. Yeah. And so she's like, we taught our actors how to cheer, how to lift, how to do stunts. And she's like, yes, we brought in a cheerleading squad from um, California, but well, they shot in California. She's like, so we have real cheerleaders in the mix, but she's like, we had a ton of actors that had to learn. Like we put them through the ringer. Um, Kirsten Dunst is the only one to my knowledge that she says in the article had a body double. And that's because she could not attend the camp because of other work. So it's not like she didn't want to. But as we're going on, Elijah just bodies the gymnastics combination, and so she joins the team. Still very skeptical, but she shows up to their first rehearsal, and she hears them going through a routine. She gets upset and kind of walks, storms out, because the routine is, in fact, stolen. But the... uh, Toros, the Rancho Carney Toros, are like, our routines are, you know, not stolen, it's all ours, everything is great. So basically what happened was Big Red, who graduated, which also like, lol, that any of these are playing high schoolers, like, this movie should have just taken place at a college sheer campus. Fact. But whatever. Um, Big Red, basically, like we kind of mentioned before, like, she's the one that would, like, handpick and choreograph, like, all of the routines and would just give them to the cheerleaders on the team and teach them and was like, I know everything. And they just believed it. They had no reason not to. So when Elijah Dusku storms out and she's like, your stuff is stolen, they are genuinely like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not even like a no, because we're privileged. Like, they genuinely have no idea. Yes, like Big Red did all of this in secret. And so, like I said, um, Eliza's character takes her to the other part of town where we meet uh, Gabrielle Union and the musical group Black, 
don't ask me why they were a part of it, but they were. Um, and essentially, it from the, on the outside looking in, you have a white team versus a black team. And the black team, uh, the Toros, they've always created these really great routines and dance numbers and cheers and things like that. But they didn't always have the money to enter into these competitions. And this, like, I can speak from, like, movie aside, cheerleading it, dance is expensive. All Art, all of the arts are expensive, but cheerleading can get exceedingly expensive. They're, especially if you're doing it for real with all of the tumbling and the stunting and not just cheering, extremely expensive. I, um, we've talked about this in the show. I had a competition team for a year and we were dance, but a lot of our, because we were the middle school level, we were, all, one division would be dance, another division would be cheer. So like I am friends with a lot of these people that do this stuff and like, when I tell you one of the craziest things ever, it was like, I remember doing, we did the Six Flags competition. I was paying like, I want to say three or four hundred dollars per kid entered in the piece. And mm -hmm. I had a team of 15. So like some of those squads had a full stage. Like some of those squads were easily, you know, almost 30, 40 girls on one team, guys and girls on one team. So like, that's a like that's a lot of money. So like I totally like understand where the tour, you know, where the um, the East Compton Hot Toros are like, we don't have the money for the competition fees. So like that's why we can't, you know, we're not at all the big competitions and why we aren't as famous as you guys. But where's Raggedy Ann with the red head that's been stealing our competitions? And that's right. red again. So once they find this out, they all go back to, you know, their school and they're like we should not do this. Or yeah, they're like, like, we should not do this. Yeah. So and they're like, well, what are we going to do? Because basically, it's so funny too, because they basically just like depended on this one person to choreograph and teach them everything. And then they just assumed that like, to isn't her name Torrance Kirsten Dunst in the movie? Yes, Torrance. And they're like the Toros or something. It's something yeah. new like that. But Torrance, yeah, weird double alliteration. yeah, Kirsten Dunst, they just basically assumed like she would learn everything from Big Red and then she would teach it, right? So yep. they're actually like very lost because Elijah Dusku is basically like, well, what are you going to do? And realizing like Kirsten Dunst like can't actually do anything. Right. And but I, she can cheer and, and like do all that. But in terms of like choreographing, creating, setting routines, like she can't do any of that. And well, I think that's also like, a big something and we've talked about this on the show before just being like big red had full control over that team and its creative vision and she like handpicked you know kirsten uh uh torrance's yes that's a torrance's character to you know take over and relive everything and control everything but like she there was no actual understanding of how the what how things would grow and change once the torch was passed which yeah. happens a lot of the time in programs where, you know, dancers work under one person for their entire life and then they get under somebody new and they collapse, you know, so it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, but it, diving, I love that we're diving in and out. And like, I also love how this movie just brings up very realistic things that performers have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, so at a, they do, so collectively, Torrance's and their team decide that they're going to do nothing. They're going to ignore it because it's so late. We don't have time for, you know, new routines to learn new cheers. Like, we just don't have time. Right. So they, they keep everything the same. And they, you know, we cut to a cheerleading game. Uh, not a cheerleading game, a football game where the girls are cheerleading. As they start to cheer, 
the girls from East Compton come in and they do the exact same routine as them. Yep. In perfect sync with them, perfect dance moves. And then essentially, like at the end of it, it's like they say, or oh, what's the line? Um, you try to steal our you try to steal our bit, but you look like shit, but we're the ones that came up with it. And like yes. the and grant, this is normally they're an award-winning competition cheerleading team. So as these random three girls come in and start doing the exact same moves and tell them they're copying it, the, they get wonderful cuts to the audience looking at them being like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Why is this happening? Um yeah, so it is a horrible, horrible moment, but it triggers one of my favorite moments in the movie. After realizing that they can't, uh, that they clearly can't go for with uh, what's happening, they decide to bring somebody in, a professional choreographer who is known as Sparky Palashka. Mm-hmm. And... To my knowledge, the actual character Sparky Palastri is made up. He is, does not exist in the real world. No, but I do want to talk about this for a minute because what happens is they make cheerleading seem so amazing, which it's not. Again, we talked about this last week. We've talked about like, go watch cheer. Like that shit's crazy. Like, you know, I did cheerleading in high school for three years and was nowhere near any of these levels. Like we... No. Anyway, like the most crazy thing I think we ever did was like a basket toss or like a basket toss into like a pike or some shit, right? Anyway, so they bring this choreographer and he is so eccentric and modern dance-like and just anyone that you would assume. And it's so interesting to think like, I know that part of the reason why they chose to, um, chose to make the character how he is is to have that contrasting dynamic and make it funny for the audience and like play off of that but I think it is very interesting that like when now it's like okay we're gonna bring in like a dance choreographer it's like he's like this this is dance and you feel it and it's so like hyper um like hyper aware and it's just like really dives deep into like especially during like the late 90s early 2000s like how people viewed and saw like what a choreographer was what dance was and it's one like it's very true because and i also wonder like after going back and watching the movie a billion times at this point he has the look of michael bennett who's a fave you know i'm listing choreographers off here guys but my he looks like michael bennett which i think is hilarious and Michael Bennett doesn't necessarily have a, it's, uh, it's known for womanizing. However, a lot of the comments that Sparky Palastri makes, because he like lines them all up and he goes mm. down the line critiquing them. It's a lot of what Fosse did. Like, yep. I'm just gonna, like if we're going to be the, that person, like Fosse had a lot of womanizing issues. And he and also he, like, definitely in some of his like movement he does, the character, the movement the character does, it is very reminiscent of Fosse. Yeah. Like, and so it's one of those things of, like, to the, to the point where he's, like, yeah, like, he talks about, like, Darcy's ass fat. He talks about, like, another girl getting plastic surgery. Like, it's, at that, like I said, on the comedic scale, it's hilarious because, like, a lot of people thought that's what dance was. Because mm-hmm. we're talking the early, early millennium, late, you know, late 90s, like, and so, like, there was no there dance reality television show. No, right? there wasn't a lot. Like, in the late, in the 80s and early 90s, we had, like, In Living Color, 
And I think there was another, I want to say there was another show as well that like would feature more dancers, but even those shows, like they were very well known, but they weren't like widespread to society, like the way mm-hmm. shows are today. Oh yeah. But we also, also didn't talk about choreographers then. We only just saw the super pretty performance part. Of it. Right. You never really talked about choreographers, right? Like you might've known who like Fosse is or some people, but it wasn't like the way that we talk about them today. And it was around that same time, I think the same year, or maybe like, maybe, you know, give or take a year on either side, Center Stage had come out. So like, Center yeah. Stage was really like, the after first, Center Stage was after this, because it was 01. It was the first dance movie, because yes, back in, okay, sure, like, right, like back oh, in no, the 40s. Center Stage came out in back, 2000. Which back in the 40s, 40s, 50s, you know, 60s, even 70s, we had movies coming out that that featured a lot of dance, even up until um, Grease, which either came out in the 70s or 80s, right, featured a lot, a lot of dance. And in the 80s, we had all the huge dancing music videos, right? But besides that, dance started to kind of wane off. Now, Mm -hmm. we had In Living Color, we had stuff like that. But as we got more and more past the early 90s, I would say, like, once we really got past, like, 95 dance took a really big gap where like it wasn't this thing that you would see on tv or in the movies anymore and it like was like just like oh yeah like little kids take dance class and so it really is like the way that they were conceptualizing this choreographer is so interesting because I feel like it also fit like not only are you like the eccentric crazy modern dance choreographer and you're like you know, hyping up all of those qualities, but it's also like at that time we weren't we weren't seeing Dancing with the Stars, so you think you can dance. We didn't have the movie musicals that had happened back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and and you know, like are now coming back. Like there was a gap where that didn't exist. Oh, absolutely. Because I I'm thinking we didn't even have. I don't even think Chicago the movie had came out yet. Yeah, I want to say that might have been like oh one or something. I can look it up real quick. But anyway, so it's just it was just it's very interesting because now we bring in this character who's supposed to be like the dancer, yeah. right? Chicago came out in O two, so like mm-hmm. I because I just looked at Center Stage too. It came out in two thousand earlier yep. in the year that bring it on. I think the reason why we're seeing a lot of dance movies from this time period is because, like, dance was starved collectively during this time. This is when it started to make the comeback, right? So this is when it, this is when, like, Chicago is the first movie musical we had seen in probably two decades, or maybe three. No, probably, like, two, in two decades, right? And it was, um, yeah, and it was, like, this is also the time where Disney, like, at this point, because we were, yeah, in, like, 2000, we were still in elementary school. Like, Disney even hadn't started doing their whole, like, high school musical thing or anything like that yet. we were seniors in high school. Yeah, Disney wasn't even doing that yet, but this was the beginning of starting to kind of bring it back into mainstream. And so with this, I want to keep going with Sparky because it also brings up another great point. So Sparky comes in, puts him through the ringer, and he gives them, however you feel about it, a great combination. Now, cut to the first, this is regionals, I want to say? Regionals. And because they are a winning team, they have already qualified to go to state. So like regionals is just, it, it's a buy for like them. Like a qualifying. Yeah, like they don't really need to officially qualify, but of course they go represent whatever. Well, they get to the competition and they're like discussing it and they're going through like, what, you know, how is it going to be this, that, and the third? 
and they hear their music being played as they're backstage warming up. And they all rush on stage Mm -hmm. to see another team performing their exact same competition piece. And then, like, they're like, what are we going to do? We're not going on to perform. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they're like, guys, but we have have to go on. Mm -hmm. So after the other team finishes, they go on and do the exact same performance with the exact same music. And it is humiliating. I want to talk about this because one, I've been there. I have not used the same routine as somebody else. That has never happened to me. I've been there with my competition team before, or even with like, I've been at schools where there were multiple teachers. Music, same music gets used. That happens. It is unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Like I, especially because like I, a lot of my competition stuff has been hip hop, person hip hop and like pop and R and B stuff. Oh, like, yeah. It's more so you'll song see, of the moment. Yeah, you'll see, song of the moment. you'll see songs that are that are that are being used because um, competitions don't require you to like submit what your dance is or what the song is. So like, that's normal. And like, or they don't care. Like, or it's also one of those things of like you, from a choreographer standpoint. Me and Dale have talked about this before. Like, you want a song that your kids are going to enjoy listening to and dancing to for months on end as you prep your competition pieces. So like. It, it, it is going to happen where you have the exact same music and especially like in particular when uh sierra and uh the singer sierra and the choreographer was paris global when level up came out i put a moratorium on i said i'm not doing level up for any competition type of things because i know people are going to steal that choreo to do that because it just it's, it's it became iconic mm-hmm. quite simply and so to class and all that other stuff is fine but i just did not want that um I didn't want to get caught up in that trap. But that, like, specific moves aside, there have been choreographers that have done this where they've sold routines, the same routine, in the same season to multiple people competing against each other or not realizing how, who goes to what competitions because, like, a lot of girls travel for competitions out of state. But this is also why, side note, I never understand when studios hire in um outside choreographers to choreograph pieces for dance competitions this is something because yes you would say nine out of ten choreographers they would never just give studios the same routine they don't want to get their name slammed or shamed right but there are people who do it because it's easier it's money it's a time thing right it happens they might think oh a studio on the east coast and a studio on the west coast they'll never see each other i'm just going to do it because i don't have time to choreograph something else and then it happens, but this is why I always say, like, if you are, like, I get it, right? Some choreographers should not be teachers, and some teachers aren't great choreographers, but if you're a competition studio, or if you're going to have a, a competition division in your studio, then you got to have teachers who also can choreograph yes. leading those competition groups. I just am very confused. Like, when I competed, and granted, I didn't do it for that long, but when I competed, it was my dance teachers that choreograph the pieces. I mean, you have to choreograph pieces for a recital, so most likely your teacher should be able to choreograph. And I, well, I, I understand bringing in outside talent, but like something that I've recently seen over the last few years is that I, I've, I've seen it from old heads who I'm assuming have been burned. And, sorry, I should clarify, because I think I've used this before, but I don't know if I've ever clarified it. Whenever I say old heads, I'm referring to someone that has been in this industry 
easily 30 plus years. Like someone that has been doing this so long that they would consider this the, anything their life. And so I've seen from several old head studio owners that have, you know, been through it for years that their response is we make our choreographers sign a contract about the choreography that they're setting for competitions that they have not used it anywhere else and that we own exclusive rights to it that you will be credited for like they make essentially they make these choreographers sign a contract saying that like if we show up and someone else is doing the exact same thing as us we you're liable for it you know and i think like they've had to do that simply to just cover the fact that people do this because it's it's not it's very much like danielle said you have someone from the east coast and the west coast being like oh he's a choreographer out of la or new york you know like we'll never you know bump into each other but like i disney every year disney has a major cheerleading and dance competition every single year and they mm-hmm. get people from all over the world so like to think that people yeah. meet up or have the same routine because of one choreographer it's just not not realistic um, yeah. Let's cut back to the bringing movie. It, yeah, bringing it back to the movie, but that is so something that happened. So. so they do their routine, they get done, and the judges come up to them and they're like, so Sparky has done this with seven different competition teams up and down the uh, West Coast. Um, and again, they're all embarrassed, like they're mortified. And has they're like, well, you technically have already qualified for state, but the guy was literally, he was talking to me, he's like, if, if this is what you're bringing to state, don't come. Yeah. <laughs> like, he basically was like, because you guys have already qualified and because like he's the guy, like the choreographer Sparky has done this before and we know he has, you guys can still go to, what is it, state or nationals or like whatever the next competition is. But yeah, it literally like, you cannot use this. Um, and so they return back to school and they're like, well, shit, what are we going to do? So they basically decide that they're going to start to go to different like after school clubs and see different people and learn all about different. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, before they do that, when they do get back to the school, they like fire Torrance from being like the the captain of the team because they blame her for everything that has happened to this point when clearly it is all big red salt. Um, and so we kind of go through this weird period where they're like, we're just not, yeah, they decide to not compete. They decide to bat out for a second because they're like, we don't have the routines. There's not enough time. We don't have the skills, like essentially don't have the skills. And through essentially like Torrance, like reaches out to the other, no, that's what it is. Uh, the East Compton Clovers find out that the Toros are not going and they confront Torrance being like, why aren't you going? And it's like, because there's no time, blah, blah, blah. And literally East Compton goes, we want our win to be, we want our win to be clear that we are the best. So like, you need to go and compete because like we are the best and we need to be able to beat you so we can say that we are the best. Because they've mm-hmm. won every other, you know, the Torrance, the Toros have won every other year. Yeah. So that kind of sparked Kirsten Dunst to like go back to the rest of the team and be like, so guys, are we going to give up just because times got hard? Because like we actually have to, to me, it's like, do they have to put forth effort now? Yeah. And that sparks the whole, let's take inspiration from everywhere. Yeah. So they start going to like everywhere and there's like this whole montage where they go to like, 
Taekwondo or karate. They go to swing dancing. They go to break dancing. And it's interesting because well, I think Fosse does show up again there too. Yeah, most of what of the they, fruit, if I'm remembering right. Most of like what they show in the montage is like different types of like dance, um, and how they're choosing to go. Okay, we need something new. We need something original. Like, you know, we have to be the best. Um, and so they start drawing upon dance. So as they're building their competition, Tori, like, again, they, again, they, another point they make clear to talk about is, like, they have to pay to go to state. So Torrance's, Torrance, um, Torrance's school, they have the money to go to state. And then she comes back and finds out that the East Compton Clovers are not going to state because they don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So Torrance goes to her dad and is like, get your company to sponsor them. They deserve to go to state. Like, they're talented. They deserve to go. She tries to go to them and be like, hey, I got my dad to pay for this. And they're like, no, we're going to do this. Like, we're not taking your money. Yeah. Um, and so they got a local celebrity from like an Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, it's basically show. supposed to be like the Oprah. They get her to sponsor the team as they go to nationals. And so essentially, like, they've set the stage for everyone to show up to nationals and like have these really great routines. And like, I, I love at this point, it's, it's just pure like, everyone do your best because we want to beat the best and we want yeah. we don't want to be the best or beat the best yeah and they're like and both teams are like i don't want to win on a technicality so yeah. like i have to beat you fair and square which is like actually a really cool like message of the movie of of like we're not no one's taking the easy road out we're both going and the best will win and i've done i've done many of theater singing dancing competitions in my childhood and Winning by a technicality does not feel good. Yeah. I, I've seen it where a team that was first place, like something happened where they had to have up one point taken away from them. And so that made them fall below the second place team because they only won by like half a point anyway. Like yeah. five. And it just it just makes you feel like did we actually deserve to win? You know, because you're never sure. Like, like yeah. winning by, because what they do is they're, when you win by a technicality, it's not, it's not like, oh yeah, this team, it's, it's like this team fucked up because of some reason. So therefore you guys have to win. But it's like, were we actually talented enough to beat them? Because if we weren't, then even if they did something like a copyright infringement or stealing a routine or whatever it may yeah. be, like, is it really winning you know the other big one that happens a lot is like age restriction or in yeah. category trust me i sent hours yeah. of work yeah so like the right child in the right age group and entering the right category for the right type of piece that you're doing becomes or a lot of a lot of a lot of what dance studios were doing especially after um dance moms came out because this was something very clearly that abby lee miller did was deciding to put one or two kids so say that you had a group a group of dancers and they should have been in the junior division right so it's like mini juniors teams um so juniors is like your older elementary school through younger middle school usually and then like teens is teens is like literally the biggest age group um but what they would do is they would do something where they get like say they would they would get say like junior starts at what like eight or something or seven usually yeah so say that they would get like they basically get like two five-year-olds to like be in the piece and then therefore they could qualify for minis or if they had a group of teenagers they would get someone who's like 10 
to be in their piece and therefore they can get to qualify for junior. So you're having people who are more talented with more experience and training competing in a lower age division with AKA students who are not as trained and how, uh, who have not done this as long, therefore you get to win by, by default. And uh, like another big problem with that is that no one competition has the same rules right. across the board. Cause I went through that where, like I said, I had a middle school team. So like I had sixth, seventh and eighth graders was, was what was the, for me when I created team, that was the qualifier, sixth, seventh and eighth graders because I worked at a center where we, we worked with um, middle and, we worked at elementary and middle. Like we didn't have a high school division at my center. Our sister center did. So like right. I knew I could only have those three grades because I didn't want to deal with elementary. It's a whole nother headache. So I strictly stuck with middle school. But like six, a sixth grader can be 11 years old yeah. or maybe a young 10. And an eighth grader can technically be 14. That's yeah, a very big line. It is. It's a huge difference because I, I was 11 for half of sixth grade and I was 14 for half of eighth grade because my birthday fell right in the middle of the school year. Yep. And so when you were dealing with that, there would be competitions that I would try to enter them for where they would literally be like, oh, the cutoff is like 13. I was like, and then half my team can't perform or right. some of my team can perform or like there would be times where like, my, I had a 12, my 12 year old that was more skilled than my 14 year old because yeah. she was c coming from studio dance. So like, yeah. it was just a lot of, it's a lot that goes into that. Um, cutting back to bring it on, we get to our big dance finale. And I will say as someone that is very critical of big movie finales and big movie openings, it's still to this day, one of my favorites along with Pitch Perfect Along with all the Pitch Perfect movies, I'll make that, I'll make that statement. I, a lot of times I feel when you get these competition in movies type of things, the team that we're rooting for, or they want us to root for, gets a really great routine. And the, and the evildoers or the opposite team gets a really shitty routine. So it's very clear who's going to win. Yeah. I do not feel like that was the case of Bring It On. Both yeah. those routines were really good. Yeah. And I generally felt like, I don't know who they're going to let win here. Um, but when it was all said and done, the East Compton Clovers, Clovers, East Compton Clovers took first place. Yep. And the Rancho Carni Toros took third. No, I think they were second. They were second? I think they were second. I think it was like one and two because I think they're like, yeah, like second place. And like basically Kirsten oh, does like hype right. them up because they, they, they have the... They have a moment of like, holy shit, we lost. But then they're like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Yeah, like second place. And then they're all basically- All on their own. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was like making second place all on their own. But oh, exactly. Like all on their own. Like no help from an outside person. Like they went and they learned all the information that they learned by going and visiting other people and so forth and so on. And I think like, I just like, again, I love that all the wonderful messages that this movie sends out about just like, Comp the competition world and like how it can be nasty and vicious how there are some very underhanded things that are happening how it can be very expensive but then also just like the friendships or like the awkward love stories that happen throughout you know like there's like random sleepover moments in this you know in this uh, in it and then like the actual awkward sexual tension things of being like teenagers in high school even though the whole cast was in their 30s um, right 20, 20s and 30s um so yeah, I just, I have to give credit to that. Like, it's such a good movie. 
Um, and it has also spawned like numerous um, direct to DVD sequels. There's a musical about it. Like there are yeah. so many variations. Yeah, it really. It. And I think I think what was interesting and cool and like tying it back to like more of dance stuff is like when they did choose to make it into a musical, it was really cool because there's still all of the choreo, um, excuse me, all of the cheerleading work in there. There's still like all of the stunts, all of the acrobatics, the, the gymnastics in there, but they, um, but there's also like a ton of dance and it's like a really cool musical to see how like dance and, and acrobatics and cheerleading can all kind of like mesh and mold and like become this really cool like thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but it really is funny because it's not really a dance movie, bring it on, but there are so many aspects in which they like talk about dance or how dance like helps their cheer routine. But it also is very much so about like, this is what cheering is that you just like, you can't not talk about it, you know? Oh no, absolutely. And I want to um, point out, so in research for today's episode, I was listening to, I re was reading articles about the choreographer and Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher, I'm sure it's Fletcher. I want to credit her correctly. No, 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 no. Her name is, in fact, Anne Fletcher. Um, she also is the choreographer for the first Step Up movie, which I did not know. Which um, we will also definitely have to talk about because there's um, strong feelings about the entire Step Up franchise. Mm -hmm. um, but I literally just taught a lesson on it last week. Um, but I, what I love, she, um, in this article, she talked about how she didn't want to do body doubles and things like that. Um, but she also talked about how, like, when you're working in film and television, and I think we've talked about, like, dance for film, and we mostly talked about music videos, but, like, um, we didn't really talk about this aspect, and I kind of want to bring it up because I think it's so important. In film and television, those are long days because of takes. Mm -hmm. I've worked on films, television sets, where it's just, like, when you're working in film television, you don't control your day. You have no control over how long you're going to be there. You're there until it's wrapped. And that goes for talent and crew and everyone in between. Because they need different shots. They need it from different angles. Like, it can be a very mm -hmm. long, drawn-out process. And so the thing that Ann Fletcher brought up in this article where they discussed bringing it on, and she was like, when, we, when, it, like, when you're filming with dancers, like, she's like, for one, when it comes to cheerleaders, typically they do their routine once. And then they're critiqued. And like in rehearsals, yeah, they kind of do it more than once. But like when you're doing these extreme gymnastic routines or even just, I mean, like you can only do but so many fuetes before your body's like, I'm done. You know, mm -hmm. like I've been on the dance and where like you, it, it takes a lot out of you. So you can't do 60 takes of your big finale number. Like that's just not mm -hmm. how live theater, live dance, live cheerleading, gymnastics, that's not how it works. Like your body cannot sustainably do it. Like I'm always that person that like, once we get to the end of the, when we're near like the end of the rehearsal process and we're almost open, everyone always asks how you are. And I'm like, I will be so happy when I only have to do this show once a day. Mm -hmm. And I still love the show, but I'm like, my body can't handle doing three times a day, you know, like right. I've been shows that are very physically heavy on me where it's like, we're running the show three times in one day, you know, one time for just to put it all together. Then the second time for like producers and the third time for like, you know, extended media, like those days are killer. Cause like, think about like some of the very intense shows you've done. Imagine doing those two and three times, three times really in like one day, it wears you out. 
Yeah. Um, she she I rem- she says in the article that she's like I had to go to the dancers and be like, how many more times did you got like do you guys have left in you? Like, are, when are you tapped out? She's like they were pretty gung ho about it, but she's like there were moments where I could see where they're like, yeah, I can't do this handspring <laughs> six more times. I don't have six more times of doing this handspring combination for you. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, I want to swing us into our tip of the week or our shout out. We have yeah. out, but I definitely feel the need to shout a few people out this week. Uh, how about you start, Daniel? Sure. I'm just getting the correct spelling of a name. So it's just going to take me two seconds. I just want to make sure that I get it. Um, so I would, I have a shout out. Okay, I got it. Um, I have a shout out. I have, we talked about this, how like this quarantine is great because it gives you the ability to have more time to take class where maybe you wouldn't usually be able to because you have work or other responsibilities. Timing wise, it just doesn't work. The class you want to take. Um, and now with being home, there's like, there's more flexibility. Even if you are working, there's still more flexibility. Um, and so I've tried to kind of tell myself to take a couple classes, um, maybe once a week, maybe every other week, just to really like use this time to focus on like me dancing again, where like, honestly, like I'm not in class and nobody's watching me and nobody's judging me. Caveat, not that that usually happens, but it can definitely feel that way when there are other people in the room with you. Um, So to just be home alone and to like also like turn my video off and just like watch it through Zoom and like do what I can. Um, so that's been fun and interesting, but I took a class this morning. Um, I took a, uh, intermediate contemporary fusion class from Broadway Dance Center. Um, but I took it from Hannah J. Frederick and I've never taken her class before. And it was just like such a beautiful, beautiful class. Um, it was really one of those choreographers where like her style is like her style. Like there's technique in there but there's it's so much more about like the artistry and the intention and the emotion in the in the dancing versus like make sure your toes pointed or like make sure you hit this turn right um in the entire combination there was one turn and she was like it could be a drag turn it could be a pirouette like do whatever you want I don't care um and there was like maybe like two jumps in the entire routine which was kind of fun because it was really a contemporary routine focused on dancing and and letting that out and just like the movement of the body versus more technical steps and she just was awesome like she started class off with a bang like she was like all right like she's like let's do some abs and then after abs she like we did a little like warm-up stretching thing and then she was like I want to meditate for like five minutes so she's like get in in a comfortable seat like close your eyes I'm gonna put music on I'll walk us through it and it was actually like so nice and calming and she was so real during all this talking about like her struggles of being in quarantine how she felt about it and then the combination was just like so fun it was definitely like you know it was still intermediate but it definitely like allowed for people to not feel overwhelmed with doing choreography especially in their small spaces like it was definitely a dance that worked um and so yeah in general I would say taking class has been really great and for anyone who hasn't done it and is thinking about doing it um classes are all discounted and I highly recommend it take you know what like you're home like nobody's watching you nobody's judging you like don't put your camera on take a take a level that's one up yours and just like see what's up you know or like look ridiculous because literally no one can see you but I highly recommend her class again her name is Hayden J. Frederick 
Um, and I believe right now she's doing like every Thursdays and maybe Saturday or Sunday. Nope. Yes, I lied. Her out on the I lied. I will. I will put her info and her schedule. It's mostly every Thursday for the next couple of weeks. And then there's some like Fridays and Saturdays coming in. Um, but I'll, I'll post your stuff. Um, my shout out goes to a company that I've, that me and Danielle have both danced for, um, but I've danced and choreographed for, um, New York Theater Bard here in New York City. Um, they've been putting on, so it's a theater company that, that primarily deals with new works and showcasing new works and, um, you know, new musicals that are getting in the preparation stages and things like that. And so since this quarantine time, they've done like almost every week, they've released footage or they've done live, you know, Zoom concerts of work that they've, you know, of like upcoming musicals. And like mm -hmm. in this time of uncertainty, like the people like that, I'm, they are one of the new musicals are certainly one of the scariest ones. Like it's going to be interesting to get people in to see well-known musicals, at, you know, once we're back out mm -hmm. living our lives. So new musicals absolutely can take a hit. But I love that this company is like nonstop being like, these new things are happening. You know, these people that put all this hard work, they're still in, they're still working. And we want to share them with you as you are at home. Um, so I got to like watch several, you know, concerts and of new musicals. And as they share new songs, they share anecdotes about the writing process. Um, so like, I, I, just want to give that shout out to them. Like the work is just so good that I, I can't help but like give them a shout out as, as to the work that's being done there. Um, awesome. Like I'm very happy to, you know, Joe Burrows and Abby Tall and the entire team over at New York Theater Barn. Like those are the moments we need. Like those are definitely the highlights that make these tough times a little brighter. I love it. Mm -hmm. well, definitely have a look. Well, with that being said, the curtain has closed for us on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are Point PYT on all social media. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm